Hi and welcome to our podcast called the GDPR series where we discuss data protection, privacy and cybersecurity matters that ordinary people in everyday businesses face. We have a series of really interesting and lovely guests and we hope you enjoy listening along with us. Hi Claude, thank you for joining us. It's fantastic to have you on video instead of just the usual voice chats. Um, I'm looking forward to chatting a bit more about the GDPR and your experience with the GDPR, data protection and your business that um, services clients who need, how can we say, risk management in their business, um, you know, data management. I've got a screen open, I'm going to share it here. And while I share it, would you like to say hi and tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, so my name is... Claude Saulnier and I am French and I live in Ireland and I am the founder of Bisoneo. And Bisoneo is a platform to assist SMEs and you know businesses, organizations in, in general, to document um, their processing activity. Uh, and that's something that's required under the uh, under the GDPR. Um, but even if you put the GDPR aside, uh, the tool is is there to assist the the governance of any business. In order, you mentioned risk in your uh, opening line, and the only way to manage risk is to know what you actually process. If you don't know the environment in which you're operating, you can't actually assess any risk, and therefore you can't yeah. mitigate it. Yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. I'm going to click through here into the features of the. Bisonia data protection and compliance um, application that you offer. Um, I'll just leave it open while we're chatting, Claude. There's a blog there that we can click into. And on other um, chats, we've opened up people's social media. I um, I sent you a couple of questions over before we started talking, and I, we can kind of use them as a guide, but like, feel free to digress if you want to. Um, the, the aim of the, the chats is to really have um, an open discussion between professionals in the field of data protection, cyber compliance work, but also with regular business owners. So, you know, you would kind of wear both hats here um, as a business owner who's aware of their compliance requirements, as well as a service provider in the industry whom we all respect greatly and I and I mean that because I'll say it again, I say it over and over again to people, you know, when we're talking about what applications, what management applications to use in this space that I have yet to see. Um, and I mean this absolutely 100%, I'm not paid to say this at all, but I have yet to see an application that has been designed from the stance of being risk aware in such a comprehensive but easy to understand and logical way. Um, it's the logic of your thought that really um, captured me into, you know, wanting to learn more about how you did this and wanting to get to know the application more. And I've really enjoyed getting to know it. So, um, yeah, we appreciate that. That, that well, Thank you, Philippa. I'm, uh, I'm honoured you know? on behalf of the team. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Okay, so my first question to you, Claude, is where did you first come to grips with data protection and the GDPR? Well, it goes back a, a long time ago. So yeah. um, I set up the, the company. So my background, I, I ran uh, before, I suppose, started once starting Bisonio and 
one soft like you no know, the the other the, the the parent company if you want um okay. i worked um i actually in fact i spent my whole career in uh, using integrated systems and for i suppose the uninitiated the integrated system is great because uh, you enter the information once and you reuse the information and i was very yeah. fortunate like you know back in 91 when i when i started uh, working that it's it's all i've ever known yeah. and um but there was a certain level of, of frustration um, in that a lot of those systems, uh, like sometimes you hear about SAP and all that, um, yeah. they're extremely complex and uh, to, to implement. And I, I'm still not sure why the cost of implementation. I mean, if any management system takes three years to implement, um, yeah. I think there's something wrong because after three years, your business is going to be different and it yeah. just this is not right. And this is basically the foundation of the initial business, like, you know, OneSoft yeah. as well. So prior to doing that, I also have to mention that um, I had a, a career in internal auditing as well, or part of my career also okay. in internal auditing. So governance okay. has always been at the heart of everything I've, I've, I've done, really. Um, so when the, the company started, so initially we started, started the software company uh, to provide integrated systems to the SME market. Yeah. And... I could see at the time the cloud or I suppose, yeah, the cloud, if you can call it like that. Although back yeah, in, yeah. in 2001, we were not talking too much about, about the cloud then. Yeah, no, um, but was, I, really. I realized very quickly, I thought, well, we have a lot of responsibility in terms of we, we're actually hosting data that doesn't yeah. belong to us. Our clients are yeah. paying us for that. And it's very important to have a, a, a very strong, very strong security um, yeah. and really we're responsible for that. And if something goes wrong, you know, you can have all the insurance in the world, but if something goes wrong, we could actually go out of business and some clients yeah. that actually trusted us could actually go out of business. And that can actually happen very easily. Yeah. And we've, we've actually seen that. Um, so really, we, we, we've really focused, we, we, a lot of work we did was always trying to protect our you know, clients' data. And in many cases, Prior to the GDPR, there was already uh, some some data protection law yeah, that yeah, existed, yeah. Um, and and we always try, try as much as possible to be aligned with that, you know. And uh, so when came GDPR, um, we read the, the the text. The initial uh, part was a moment of panic. Um, thinking, okay, that's the end of it. We, we're a yeah. small organization and there's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You obviously, people talk about the fines, you only look at the fines, you look at data yeah. processing agreements yeah. and all that and think, my God, that's the end of it. And then you actually start stepping back and say, okay, well, in the length of time we, we've been in business, um, yeah. is how many breach, breaches have we suffered? And you start counting, zero. And yeah. then said, well, how many data breaches did we actually stop? And a lot. Um, yeah. And we basically had put an infrastructure and you have to revisit everything every time somebody yeah. tries yeah. to hack. You basically need to be vigilant and, and monitor that. And that's what any yeah. software company and any hosting company should, should be doing. Exactly, so at yeah. that stage, we thought, okay, actually, maybe we shouldn't actually worry too much about that because we've got a very solid infrastructure. And let's focus yeah. more now on the, the rights uh, and the transparency and different elements yeah. and all that. And we thought, well, actually... We have nothing to hide, really, in this yeah. because our clients trust us and we yeah. kind of really like this transparency. And then um, we then added a number of, of, of tools in the um, in what was our CRM and ERP system. Yeah. We added yeah. tools so that our clients would have 
would be able to um, fulfill data subject access requests and elements like yeah. that. Um, and one thing need, 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 leading to the rest, uh, Bizoneo, we, we, we added a number of modules again to, to help the clients on the CRM side. And then we kind of decided, well, there's probably a market for a, a, a tool. Like we, we looked at the various tools that were yeah. available on the market and they were either very expensive or else we realized very quickly that they were not really addressing. Yeah. They didn't actually understand the problem to, to solve. Yeah. And going back to the fact, I think people are actually overcomplicating GDPR. Yes, yeah, um, And I suppose the order in which you would reach the GDPR, I think, will 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 matter. And people yeah. are underestimating uh, Article Thirty, and Article yes. Thirty being the key, I suppose. And what you have on the screen here to be proactive in terms of again your records of processing. If you don't know what you're processing, there's no way you know you're going to know whether it's slowful, if it's exactly. minimized, if it's secure etc 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 so you're starting by the inventory and i think that was the true uh, meaning the 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 rationale be, behind article 30 was really to help organizations uh, yeah. focus on on this you know inventory uh, and then yeah. once this is actually sorted there's so many things you you, you can actually deal with again yeah. we're talking about data subject access request if you don't know where your data is held you know, you've got yeah. 30 days to do that. If you've got data breach, you've got 72 hours. You better actually know exactly. where the data is to no, react code, on like that. On so. the data breach side of things, if a data subject is involved, it's immediately. Mm -hmm. You know, forget the 72 hours. If if there's if the sorry if there's risk to the data subject involved, you know, you have to inform them immediately. So you have to know what data was taken. You have to know what data was um, say say a, a server uh, an asset is attacked data is taken what was on there so you're talking about an inventory so bring it back to that if you assess that there is a real risk to a data subject you have to inform them immediately um, you know if it's uh, data that can um, result in identity theft or some kind of financial fraud they should be told immediately not in 72 hours and a lot of people are not getting that message so absolutely, absolutely. to back yeah. your point up of the inventory immediately you can see and you can make that risk assessment as to whether or not the data subject needs to be told. Mm -hmm. And the benefit as well with this is because I, I would tend to work more on the on the prevention than the, the cure. Because yeah. um, I, I think sometimes, I mean, I'm not saying like, you know, breach don't occur and they, they do occur. And sometimes yeah. uh, they are, that's not exactly the way you would expect certain, you know, breaches, you know, would uh, would actually occur. And there's probably more risk of, a, of an accidental, uh, yeah, human um, error that could actually you know, lead, yeah. lead to that. But again, then if you don't have anything to back up and know, okay, what measures did we take uh, ahead of yeah. that to secure the data, then that's where you're in trouble. And again, your inventory allows you to mitigate um, all of this. Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, and then the policy, I suppose, element. Uh, yeah, the, the risk assessment is is obviously you yeah. know the, the the next stage as well. And with that yeah. as well, so people. I mean, risk management, people, again, tend to think, well, is, is this, this is complicated. Like, you know, what are the risks? And one of the things yeah. we've actually done, you know, in the platform is as you actually start entering um, assets, I mean, there's, there's different types of risk in GDPR. I mean, ultimately, you've, you've got the risks on, I suppose, you know, the rights and freedom of the individual. But yeah. different things in terms of assets uh, yeah. can actually have an impact even a supplier can actually have an impact because yes. if your supplier doesn't do what they have to do to protect the data yeah. they're a risk so 
you have to actually look at th those three pillars um, there. So what we did, we actually built uh, uh, built in a number of, of preset risks uh, and a very very exhaustive list, you know, following like some yeah. what some yeah. you know security standards would recommend. And yeah. businesses, organizations using the system have the ability to add their own risk as well and maybe remove some that yeah. may not be uh, uh, relevant. But the key thing is to get the organization to think of what they have. And if you start putting that, sometimes you start bringing a few um, pieces of the jigsaw and the organization can start thinking, oh, actually, yeah, we hadn't thought of this. And, and then they find something else. that, yeah. And that's all you yeah. want, ultimately... You know, you want be, you want organizations to 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 think. What are we processing? What's the risk? Yeah, yeah. ask the questions so. and be a bit curious about it. You mm -hmm. know, I was talking to the students this morning and and just chatting about natural curiosity. Be, be ask the question. Why? Why? You know, the thing. Ask why five times. You'll find out why. Um, why are we doing this? What do we need this for? What is this for? Ask the ask the questions and ask the hard questions. We have to do that. So. Basically, we can sum it up, Claude, and say that you've got a very rich history in this space and an and and incredible understanding <laughs> of, of systems, you know, um, and it's very valuable for people to have access to that knowledge. Um, I was saying to one of the guys I was chatting with, you know, if you go and get a job or if I go and take a job or if you go and take a job, Claude, access to your amazing bank of knowledge is lost to businesses so you know we really appreciate um independent consultants um vendors like you staying in the market so that smes and smaller well, businesses you. you know so traders individuals have access to that expertise um and i would like to get that message out to people mm -hmm. okay the second question i had here was uh, and this is really personal um i've been asking everybody this question, the impact on you personally of the GDPR? Has the GDPR impacted on you personally? I get asked the question when I'm interviewed sometimes, do I think the GDPR is good or bad? And my response is always, I come from, um, you know, a jurisdiction in law where privacy and dignity are paramount, like in our constitutional um, foundational principles and everything else comes out of that. So absolutely, yes, I do believe the GDPR is very important coming from the history of privacy through the data protection being recognized as a right and the GDPR kind of really landing down, boom, on people, you can't ignore it. You know, we had data protection law before here and I've lived in other spaces where there's been some form of privacy law or cyber law, electronic law that protects people's rights, but not in the way that the GDPR does. So personally for you, has it had an impact on you? You know, have you enjoyed your rights? <laughs> it certainly has a, a huge yeah. impact, um, and in many in many ways, I suppose. Where prior to that, prior to the GDPR, where we focused uh, certainly on on security, certainly trying to minimize data, you know, as much and, and being very yeah. conscious of this. Maybe we didn't actually you know minimize data, uh, you know, as much as as maybe we should have had, and maybe some some our clients there, and maybe yeah. certain elements of the privacy is not something we had fully considered, and I have to I have to admit, yeah. you know, I have to to admit to that. Um, yeah. And when again, because we didn't actually have to worry about the security elements, and then I certainly focused far more on the the the, the, 
I suppose the privacy, the, the fundamental rights of people. And um, to actually understand, and I think we're very fortunate in Europe in terms of it's a data protection uh, regulation, not just privacy, which goes beyond yeah. that, uh, I suppose yeah. beyond just, just the privacy. Um, and I think, yeah, we're fortunate from that point of view. And um, I've done a lot of research as a result of that uh, in terms of what is the true meaning of personal data, how far does it go, um, and the consequences it can actually have. And going back, I suppose, to um, it's, uh, I suppose, going back to, you know, post-World War II, and, and that's, was that, that's the history of that. So, so from that point of view, I think, yeah, it certainly has made me uh, think very differently. Um, uh, and then when you actually start seeing how some organizations have been are, are currently harvesting data um, with no legal basis on, on people's back. It, it's just, yeah. it's not very ethical. And, and yeah. so if nothing else, I think that's what I appreciate, or what certainly what the GPR has, has, has brought. And I've also met, on a, I suppose, separate note as well, yeah. some incredible people, I mean, like yes. yourself, Philippa, uh, you. that... Um, Certainly, I have, have a very strong interest uh, in protecting data, make sure that, I suppose, that processing is, is, uh, is fair and, and transparent. Yeah. Uh, and there's some amazing, amazing people out there in many countries. And, and if nothing else, yeah. I, I suppose the GDPR um, open introduced me to a, a number of amazing yeah. professionals that yeah. uh, I would never probably have met uh, otherwise, you know, pr prior to that. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. And going to your point on, on the amazing people around the world who work in this space, there are some incredible personalities out there who are um, activists that that we, well, I personally would definitely admire. I'm not going to name names here, um, but I think just a, a short little piece on that. We were talking this morning about Cambridge Analytica and the influence that they exerted on people politically with the um, Brexit referendum, mm. and I'm going to say this without any emotion because it's fact, it's out there, it's known, um, it's my personal opinion that that entire referendum should have been cancelled on the basis that psychological warfare was waged on the people who voted. It's that simple. So, you know, if somebody says to me, do you care about the GDPR? Yes, absolutely I do, because without it, without these kinds of laws, without these kinds of regulations, it's open gates, mm -hmm. you know, and people don't understand that that information is going straight into the most private space of all, and that is your mind, you know, directly into your mind without a filter. So without being mindful and without being present in your life in this moment now, you're absorbing so much and you're being influenced in ways that you don't even realize. Mm -hmm. So yes, yeah, it's absolutely vital. Um, and when you've got our, certainly like, yeah. you know, people like, like uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his yeah. vision of the world, uh, I think it's very, yeah. should be very worrying. I mean, I, I find that, yeah. I find him scary, yeah. really, and this yeah. little toy. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, I think like, what what is the next generation? This is this is the start of, of their war, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's frightening. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's the personal effect. And that's, I think it gives us a reason to kind of wake up in the morning and, and carry on doing what we do because, you know, like any type of business, I suppose there's days where you kind of ask yourself, why, <laughs> why am I doing this? You know, you could revert back to your tech background. I could easily revert back to my tech background and, and kind of go, okay, well, um, 
you know, if nobody else cares about it, why should I? But yeah, we really do. I really do. Well, you see, I, I, I think one thing that's important to me, and certainly in terms of the processing we do, is that I sleep at night. Um, yeah. When I see what certain some providers of services would be would yeah. be doing, and sometimes, like you know, through clients, we come across uh, yeah. you know different types of data processes. I wonder how some people can actually sleep at night, uh, given yeah. how careless they are. And yeah. uh, so, I, I think from that point of view, yeah, it might be <laughs> uh, you know giving trouble sometimes in terms of yeah, we might be people might just say we'll be too strict about certain things and data protection. Oh, but no, I don't no, think you were ever I, too strict. No. I think again, yeah. I sleep at night, you know, and I think that's important. Yeah. So yeah, I think I think I win the prize for being reported to the Data Protection Commission for being over the top <laughs> about telling people how to conduct their marketing activities in a compliant manner. One marketing company in a town that shall remain unnamed because this country is very small actually picked up the telephone and reported me to the Data Protection Commission. So, yeah, I do sleep at night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah. if people want to say it's over the top, that's that's grand. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it's it's not. Okay, so we touched on this a little bit. Where have you seen opportunities for your own business in the context of GDPR? I think you explained it a little bit there. You kind of, your business evolved and grew in a really lovely way, you know, alongside yeah so so i suppose now we've got that kind of for us like started a new a new product range i suppose uh, from yeah. what the the traditional you know crm was initially again we didn't actually intend to do this we actually spoke to even some people in the markets and some well who organizations that are now competitors said well you know with your crm you're too small for us you know we just want to deal with large yeah. organizations and all that and yeah. say yeah but we have an alternative to the you know massive u.s corporations so you have a you know yeah. system that could respect you know data protection and all that said no no you you know so as a result of that i suppose we created our own product line uh yeah. and and uh it's interesting. Uh, again, as well, you know, I suppose in the market, we're a software company. We've got a lot of experience in that, and there were many, well, competitors, if you can call them like that, yeah. that actually have that don't actually have the experience of yeah. software development. And uh, you know, there are a number of things. I suppose we're very glad that we we have uh, well, <laughs> many many years. I think I'm uh, going to speak specifically now, Claude, and. Um we can cut anything out that you don't want on here. I'll try not to be too specific, but I'm going to say it because your background in development and understanding of systems and internal auditing has given you um, a fantastic appreciation of the need for audit trails within the software and logging of actions within the software. Because when we come from the other side and we get a phone call, I think I've got a data breach going on you know, the first thing that we say is, okay, what vendors, et cetera, et cetera. Let's get the vendors on. You've got to have your personal contact there. We've got to contain this as fast as possible. The next step is looking at the logs, you know, mm -hmm. and the amount of applications that people are using that cannot provide them with that vital information. It's interesting. It's actually frightening. Yeah. Back in 2005 or 2006, yeah. On our application, one of our one clients at, at the time um, rang, emailed us, can't really remember, and said, um, Claude, hi, um, somebody hacked in your system and sent a nasty email to all, all our 
membership all our clients oh, or whatever yeah, they are okay. and all that they said well this is a very grave accusation uh, and I yeah. said well now let, let's uh, let's go and, and investigate so um, the first thing we did was <laughs> getting our logs and say well first of all this is the list yeah. of everyone who logged uh, in your yeah. back office uh, us I can guarantee from my system it's not us and looking at the dates and all that they could see anyway that yeah. uh, and I said look we have certainly extremely strict procedures in internally yeah. in policies and you know we could find out straight away if, if something wasn't um, if it wasn't you know meant to be yeah. and then turn out that uh, and then we looked at the file that with that information that was actually sent we did a bit of forensic of, of their own thing uh, of their own their own data and then said well actually that email in fact wasn't actually sent from our system and uh, now you need to conduct a different line of uh, of investigation so again, yeah. the fact we had those logs, we had that, and again, way, way before the GDPR, we've always yeah. been a data processor. If yeah. you can't, you know, get, you know, yeah. I suppose the, the basic, you know, things right, I think, you know, there, there's a problem. And uh, it turned out that um, they had in the organization in question, I, I can't say too much uh, there, yeah. but they had, uh, there was a room with computers with no security yeah. whatsoever, and there were Excel spreadsheets yeah. with all the clients and members and all that. It was actually a sports right, yeah. organization. Um, yeah. And everybody could actually go there, retrieve the files and do whatever they wanted. And that, that was the issue they had. It was an internal problem, nothing to do with us. Yeah. And I'm so glad, again, yeah. that having all these audit trails and, and, and yeah. uh, I've seen actually some of our competitors, you know, on, on, the, on the field that can't even manage um, access rights properly and it's yeah, good for us yeah. I suppose because yeah. uh, we've had to manage right, right access rights I suppose for forever um, yeah. and having logs when certain things are happening uh, different yeah, user levels may change and all that it's just so important yeah. to be able to actually trace what could have gone wrong um, you know in, in all of this so yeah well it's it's vitally important when you're doing your uh, your reports um, into whatever supervisory authority you need to report into when you you've um, uncovered a, a data breach um, or an incident you know your internal reporting too so from that perspective like I just say again you know it's an amazing application and your knowledge you. there is only of huge benefit to people so I, I do hope that people get in touch and, and ask you for a demo and, and have a look through um, I am going to ask you the question here and, and again don't name clients um, n none of us do or we don't expect you to so where where have you seen opportunities with the GDPR and again I'll say Claude like I get asked often why should we bother it's too much it's over the top I'm a small business I don't need to do this you know and you can sit me down in the chair and throw all of this at me I can very quickly tell you where the opportunities lie in your context whatever business you are but where have you seen the opportunities for your clients that do compliance well what's interesting in this is so i think if you're a, if the organization has less than 10 staff in just yeah. generally speaking i think you can probably work you probably don't have too many systems and you could probably work with a consultant like work with somebody like your, yourself and, and get a, a picture of of how you'll be processing whether you need yeah. tools like ours how f how much governance do you need like as a small business how, how much do you need that that'll depend again on on the type of business the the, the type yeah. of business you're in but past that stage there um when you actually start looking at i suppose doing these inventories looking at policies i mean the human factor is very 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 important 
what you will actually see that is that by actually looking at the policies and looking um, and, and training people there, um, that your business, you, you, may, you should actually question, well, why are we doing this? Is this a bit of a mess? And let's try to put things, you know, in, in a more structured way, right? Yeah. And some people say, yeah, but, you know, we're, you know, we're a small organization and we don't need this, whatever. And then yeah. the accident actually happened just because people haven't been following policies and all that. So even if you're small and want to grow, I think having embedded a number of uh, policies and things, and things don't have to be very, very complicated, you know, initially, there's certain... Yeah. Uh, elements you can bring to that and certainly in Bisonio we've also brought in a number of like you no know, template policies so that for smaller businesses yeah. you can just go click it's it's preset and you could just adjust for your own needs I suppose you know I'm not yeah. necessarily a big fan of templates but you need a bit of a of a guideline oh, a uh, there, there to actually yeah. start and say okay well again do we need this do we not need this and, and trying yeah. to, to think of that and then you realize then that uh, by, by putting this governance looking at okay who's doing what are we yeah. when we're looking at procurement for instance which is actually key yeah. in GDPR and, and I I'm yes. a bit, I don't Very understand why so. organizations are, are not necessarily looking at that in enough details there your supply yeah. chain is very important so by very putting certain things in your uh, in at the procurement stage yeah. you will by spending a little bit more time trying to find a supplier that certainly will comply with the GDPR and it's not just oh, oh yeah I comply you kind of need to oh, do a yeah, bit of God, due yeah. diligence you know on this yeah. you will actually eliminate a problem down the line because you've yeah. actually done that that piece of work so yeah. again for small businesses I think you know there's a lot to gain in terms of the general organization so you, you may forget a little bit about the the, the personal data element and, and the, 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 the GDPR if you want yeah. but by looking at that the organization normally should become you know better and yeah. we that's something we've actually experienced ourselves because although again with the i suppose prior to gpr we, we have a number of you know policies a yeah. number of procedures in place even we had yeah. that prior to this but uh, in the context of, of, of GDPR, um, we actually reviewed some of that, and then we decided yeah. then to even like you know improve certain elements and and yeah. so get, go beyond that. Yeah. To the yeah. extent now that when we engage with a new client, uh, we're usually the ones to say, "Look, well, like we're actually going to send you now a non-disclosure agreement before we actually yeah. start talking." And many yeah. organizations are actually surprised and say, "Well, what what's this like? You know, what what?" Yeah. Uh, say, "Well, look, we we basically care about." I suppose you, even if you're not yet a client, yeah, but it's it's yeah. important and trying to show that I suppose from an early stage we well we don't just take things seriously we actually do things seriously, yeah, uh, and it it'd be so easy I think for small organisations to to benefit from that. Yeah, the housekeeping alone, Claude, because you you, you touched on that and said you know things are a mess and and to tidy them up like people say to me sometimes what do you think happened? Um, my first response is the app app era you know apps on phones little apps that do things did nobody any favors you know it's just these sort of disintegrated systems all over the place um, but besides that in business we've lost um, and I think I've said this to you before we've lost the office manager you know the the person who was in charge of filing you know and sorting and just making sure that systems were in place and systems were adhered mm -hmm. to so um, I would personally love to see that position come back into smaller businesses um, because I think it would benefit everybody but a real impact that cleaning up mess has for smaller businesses and and um, assessing 
suppliers and vendors is that you actually may very well save yourself a lot of money on unnecessary software subscriptions mm-hmm. that you've just sort of let let happen that you don't really need. So you end up kind of consolidating. It's like debt review, you know. Yeah, Every, uh, everything bad mm-hmm. gets. Put Another on thing as well, part yeah. of this, and you mentioned about the apps and all that. And one thing yeah. that also fascinates me is the number of of organizations that will take one, two, or three, or four pieces of software because they're free. And they're creating different problems. And okay, if it's free, sometimes you again, you have to think, okay, what are the impact in terms exactly. of, you know, how do they leave? I mean, you, you can't run a business for free. So the ads have no. to be come into play at some, at some stage. Exactly. Um, so you have to think, okay, well, if it's our clients, that are, is that right that we actually give this information that could be sometimes sensitive? We, we actually give all our, you know, business life to, you know, this third party. What are they going to yeah. do about that? We, yeah. This is just not yeah. really, really fair. But on top of that, then it's the cost of it. So you may have have like you know three or four applications that are free but by again i'm a big fan of integrated systems the information exactly, enters yeah. one you enter the information once um and then you can actually reuse that uh, as loads of benefits and yes there's the cost to that but you're actually saving a lot of time in exactly. i suppose management and uh, um because staff are going to be more efficient they don't you don't you don't need exactly. to hire an extra staff to do this because somebody it's it's already in the application you could reuse that and which is on the I suppose on the CRM side is the type of things that that yeah. we do and encourage you know organizations to to to, to do this and uh, once again once it's integrated from a, a data protection point of view if you've got one system and okay you need to make sure that system is very secure but there's a lot less um, things that can go wrong that you would have if you got, you know, application one talks to application two, we send the yeah. data there, application two then sends it to application three, yeah. there's two or three, you know, yeah. people uh, there in the middle and certainly, whoops, I sent, you know, the Excel yeah. sheet from one uh, export to the other one, yeah. I sent that to the wrong yeah. person, certainly we've got a data breach. So at least when things actually stay in the system and only export yeah. when you when you really genuinely need it, which is sometimes yeah. actually not that often, um, yeah. then you actually reduce a lot of lot of the risks out of the out of the equations, and certainly I think integrated systems. I, I wished small organisations lo- looked into that. There may be, I suppose, a slightly higher cost, but in the long run, yeah, but, that actually yeah. helps in your governance. It helps in in so many ways. I think what we're seeing also, Claude, is like the larger players in the marketplace are offering a, a lower tier for a very reduced subscription rate because they can. You know, they've got enough big clients to sort of support the business model where SMEs can access applications online. You know, I'm, I'm specifically thinking of things like SharePoint. You know, it's accessible now online on the cloud, whereas before it wasn't because it was very expensive to have the server that could handle the install, have the expertise to do the install, the management, the admin, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, there is a big... Uh, big case to be made for that um yeah and going back to what you said with the tidying up you know you keep your your records correct you suffer a breach you suffer an incident you know immediately what's gone um but if you have an access request you're also saving an immense amount of time by knowing exactly you know what's on your asset i suppose yeah if the information is structured that that makes things a a lot easier as well and and i suppose having i suppose from the inventory even knowing where to go and, and retrieve it now not every yeah, yeah. subject as I mean we're dealing with clients where frankly the subject access request 
is far more complex than um, retrieving the information from yeah. from a system. There could be a lot of you know redaction that that is needed trying to assess yeah. what does the person want, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like you know, so yeah, but at least you're not wasting yeah. your thirty but it, days exactly. on finding exactly. it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You're you know where to go. Using the time exactly. as it mm -hmm. should be used. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, okay, share a positive story, Claude. A positive story about the GDPR. A happy one. Ah, positive story about the GDPR. Hmm. Again, I, I think if, if something is, uh, even the fact we're talking today, yeah. I think it's this yeah. pretty positive story. Again, I, I think I, I have not necessarily, I haven't actually met all the people I've been engaging with, I suppose, through, yeah. you know, since GDPR. But there certainly has been, certainly through, you know, conference calls and, and yeah. Skype or Teams calls and all that. Um, I have met a lot of people who are also as very passionate, very, I suppose, who yeah. actually care and have got a sense of ethics. Yeah. Um, and um, so I, I think th that would be a, a very positive, you know, uh, I'm, I'm grateful, I suppose, to have met those, those people that... Uh, I suppose I, I've brought me uh, uh, again, like you know, maybe um, I've contributed, like you know, to a, like a different way of of thinking, and and uh, yeah, I suppose it's it's pretty good. reassuring. So that we one one yeah. positive story. Um, other positive stories. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you have to actually cut that and have to think of something else. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going to cut it. It's it's in the evening, and I think we both had a very long day. Um, yeah, I think just generally. It, the message that we're trying to get out is that it's not it's not all bad like it's not a huge mountain that has to be climbed um you know i've had people saying to me afterwards oh we're really sad you're going because that was a lot of fun <laughs> mm. and i don't know if it's my wicked and twisted sense of humor as we go along you know that that makes people laugh um and actually quite honestly that was training at law school um i did a year of legal aid and we had um, an attorney that spent um, sessions with us probably once every two weeks. And he taught us to, you know, to laugh about things that were very difficult, not laugh at them or diminish the value of what was going on, but to just lighten the but mood a again, little bit. If, if you, you look know, back at the share GDP, the load. Yeah, if you look at, back at the GDPR, okay, what is actually difficult? Because first of all, again, you need to kind of read the GDPR and there will be a podcast soon that will be giving some tips yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, can't wait. But, but, but again, um, GDPR is really about the article 5.1, right? In terms yeah. of, you know, it actually gives you, you've got like, you know, six principles, right? Yeah. Um, and then, then you've got your, I suppose one of the six principles is going to article six and, and which is how lawful is your, your processing. Uh, in, for most businesses, uh, you would probably find either you know legal or contractual obligations, and and that's that's actually should be fairly straightforward in yeah. in most yeah. cases there. And then you've got this Article Thirty, which says, well, why don't you you know well yeah before you even uh, do all of the but I suppose before you assess your 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 Article Five One and the lawfulness of of processing. Um, let, do an inventory what do you actually process there and once you've actually done that just you know bounce that against like you know the, the six principles it's exactly. actually not that complicated because yeah. when you're going to then start looking at the principles some of them very quickly you will realize you don't actually have to do too much work you know about them yeah. 
yeah. and from that angle it, it's not very complicated and then yeah. once this is done and you kind of know what you're doing then you can actually write your privacy privacy notice to put on the website yeah. and yeah. and go on now the other exactly. thing that should come out of that which is also frustrating is the whole thing about cookies and all that which is the bit that yeah. really annoys me yeah. really uh or not just the cookies but i suppose you know placing um yeah. electronic whatever things on on an electronic device yeah. uh, or um and there's a lot of confusion you know and this and i suppose like you know when initially like any people or people in marketing panicked and you know, I suppose mix things and and all of that, and yeah. there's an awful lot of pricing that shouldn't be taking place at the moment. And yeah, marketing Let's marketeers just call it what are. It is, Claude. Let's just call it what it is, like peer surveillance. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. That's what and, it is. And marketers, uh, marketers are are marketers are are um, worried that it's the end of the world. Yeah. Um, there's been an awful lot of unlawful pricing for uh, years at that stage uh, that resulted yeah. in monopolies like google or facebook yeah, uh yeah. and i think it's about time that some of that actually stops yeah yeah so, yeah no yeah. i would 100 percent support that um and say definitely yeah um and and it's interesting claude because you kind of come back to like classic principles of business well how do we measure the success of this campaign we're running you know not, i'm not talking about like a paid whatever advertising campaign uh, a general in within the business marketing campaign how do we measure the success of that? Well, you know what? Like I can tell you, my phone calls have gone up ten times in volume than mm -hmm. what they were three months ago. Yeah. It's it's not hard, you know, for a smaller business. I, I fully to, agree. Yeah. To measure like that. Well, let's yeah. look at the figures. Let's let's look at the, the profitability. Let's look at our management accounts and see, okay, we put the effort in for these six months. Look at the return for the next year or eighteen months, you know. We need to actually understand that there are other ways of doing things rather than just relying on statistics by organizations that are actually horribly, um, what's the diplomatic way of saying this, Claude? You know, Flawed. look at your Google Analytics. You're not getting the actual picture. No. And the thing you're is, not, we, we, we conducted picture. because we were actually yeah. working on the on one part of on the on the CRM side. We're actually looking yeah. at uh, analytics and we've we've done a it's an advanced prototype at that stage. We're actually we're in yeah. beta testing, uh, early testing, I suppose, with some yeah. clients there, yeah. and we actually compare. So we can actually process yeah. statistics uh, without yeah. cookies in a very lawful manner. High respect, with yeah. high respect of, of people's rights and that. And all we figured out from this is that Google Analytics, in fact, doesn't report all the traffic. Yeah. One of the reasons, obviously, being that um, they're in the business of selling ads, so why should yeah, exactly. they report the thing? But also, technically, the way things are actually embedded um, cannot work every time. And we've actually found some traffic, some sources of traffic that there's absolutely no way. I mean, we were actually surprised initially, but yeah. um, there's no way Google will ever track them. And they, yet they could be converting. Now, because we have part of, of the suite as well, we've got an e-commerce suite. So yeah. we can actually provide very um, comprehensive uh, information about sales without even naming people and, and looking yeah. at, okay, well, are the sales up and down or what products yeah. do work, work well, etc., etc. Um, and then also then uh, bringing statistics where you would have the number of visitors on a, on a particular product and the, the actual turnover for that particular product. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's all you need, really, uh, exactly. in most cases. I mean, who, when, where, why, and yeah. target. You're yeah. looking at it from your perspective as... Um, a business owner going, oh, 
everybody went to look at that, so they're interested, but there's something wrong with it because they're not buying, they're not converting into an actual customer. So how do we change the messaging? How do we change the, even the product photography? What's going on here? Mm-hmm. It's not hard to, to work through that. Um, one positive you, thing that I've... Yeah. So even some of the metrics that, that for instance, yeah. Google Analytics would give you are, are a bit flawed as well because yes. depending on the type of business you're in, uh, something like the bounce rate, uh, people say, oh, yeah, you know, people, they come to websites and they leave the website. Well, if your yeah. website is actually like you find, I suppose, the 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 product or the whatever you've got open at some moment yeah. at the moment, like through like a search engine, you actually yeah. find this page and then use the contact us page. Well, it doesn't yeah. really matter if people have actually seen 20 pages or one page, exactly. you know, they've actually taken an action. Um, yeah. And that's it. And and again, exactly. if you're shopping, um, like we've got clients um, that use our shopping facility there, and their yeah. brief is, well, we want the minimal uh, amount of clicks between the time they, the time they choose a product, buy the tickets, yeah. and pay. Exactly. So from yeah. that point of view, then uh, you really want to actually minimize that that yes. uh, and, and make sure that people stay as as little as possible on the website. You want them yeah. to buy yeah. one product and go and and that's exactly. it. So again, so exactly. that could be very misleading uh, yeah. in in terms of obviously anybody in marketing will tell you yeah. a different story. Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah, the one thing that I've seen and I've said it to Graham. Um, time and time again is this is the first space that I've worked in and I've worked across many different spaces where one subject matter forces everybody in the business to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. It breaks down the silos and people have to start understanding what other people in the business do, which I think is fantastic. You know, it's it's great for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Last one, because I have now nearly taken up an hour of your time. Thank you so much for that. Is please, Claude, can you give us one piece of advice to potential clients of yours? Blank. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not blank. So if somebody is coming along to you, Claude, and they were sort of half convinced that they needed to do something about compliance in the GDPR, and they they knew that you sold this solution and they knew a little bit about you. What would be one thing you would like them to take away to think about? Maybe that um, they should consider how they care about their their own clients and uh, what is the... I think a large element about GDPR is about reputation. Right, yeah. so yeah, I think reputation matters, and and that I think is probably what what will happen, and not so much necessarily because they use our software to do this, but that the action of I suppose taking the software to help them in like the so- software itself doesn't solve every problem. Let's just be clear, right? Yes. Yeah. It it yeah. actually provides a certain like you know guidance and 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 the tool yeah. to actually support uh, that demonstration to the GDPR, but not just demonstrate the GDPR to actually make their business better. Right, yeah. makes their business better, and and then give a, a positive, um, and again reduce the, the the risk towards their you know their, their reputation. So that's and build probably the trust. yeah like the trust exactly build the trust. exactly yeah it's trust. Yeah. Okay, Claude. Thank you so much. I have got your contact details up here, um, but your website's bizonio.eu. Where can people best find you online? Where do you prefer? 
Well, I, I'm I'm usually a LinkedIn person. Yeah. Uh, I do a little bit of tweaking, tweeting, but uh, yeah. it's just not. I think you know people can yeah. find me. Uh, feel free to put you know the the link to the uh, the LinkedIn page, and people can follow me. I, I try to put a, a certain angle of um, of wheat as well because yeah. I have to yeah. admit that for the majority of people. Um, um, data protection is a could be a bit dull and could be yeah. uh, it could be a bit dull. So I think we have to put a bit of fun into um, into data protection, and that's that's what I what I try to do. I suppose when uh, when um, when I'm posting on on LinkedIn, I hope sometimes I try not to take it like you know too too seriously. Uh, well, yeah. actually, give serious advice, but try to actually yeah. joke about certain things, uh, yeah. and uh, and try to, I suppose, educate people. I, I'm just trying to actually get people interested in it. I think if if we can actually get this, I think there will be a, a, an awful lot achieved on that. You know, so yes. yeah, yeah. It's um, Claude. It's it's a part of our life now, and um, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. So. You know, whether we like it or not, we need to absorb it and live it. Yeah, and I, yeah, you know, and I, I think we're very lucky in Europe I, to actually have such uh, such yeah, we are. low we are. regulation to, to do this. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. we are. Um, you know, I'll say it time and time again. Like every single person that I've worked with, we walk away from the job, and I'm sure that you have the same experience, where they say thank you. We actually feel better. We feel so much better when it's done you know I've had phone calls from people saying just a quick phone call thank you you've changed our life because now we know what to say when our customers ask questions we know how to do our negotiations and we can absolutely 100% stand on the information that we're giving out you know the confidence is is back there again so you know I I know that Bizonio can can help people with that too and and give them that that confidence and that deep knowledge of of what they're doing is the right thing. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. yeah. And again, thanks you see this in terms of the be proactive, the be organized, and, yeah. and be ready. Yeah. And and I think yeah. that's uh, that's as, it's probably it's as simple as that. So yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Okay. Thank you, Claude. I'm gonna. Cut okay. The thank you very now. much, Philippa. Yeah. It's been great chatting. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed that episode of the GDPR series. If you do, please subscribe, find us on social media. We love to have a chat.